0: you have your Bibles, go with me to Matthew chapter eleven, verses twenty-five through thirty. Um, how many of you have enjoyed this series so far? That, that, yeah, hopefully, I feel like this has been a pivotal series for us. Um, it kind of went in a different direction that I was thinking it was going to go, especially after last, last week's message. Um, after things kind of got flipped on its uh, head, I thought this was going to be a really practical message uh, as we kind of went into the beginning of the year and everything that was happening. Uh, But it's kind of, it's kind of turned around and, and, and this week is the same, same deal, um, with this whole idea uh, that we're going after with uh, a life of blend, having our life blended together. Uh, we discovered in week one of this series, if you haven't been with us or haven't been able to catch up on the podcast, that life, uh, life and this idea of balance in life is a fallacy. It's an impossibility. We, we decided to say that balance was this mystic unicorn that we all chase, but we know doesn't exist. And then from there, we were able to jump off and, and, and kind of look at what, li- what it means to have a life that's not so much, uh, you're not pursuing balance as much as life is like a recipe, Right? And it has different ingredients, and when blended together, it allows us to live the life that God's called us to live. So we've, we're, we're chasing this idea that life is more blended than it is balanced. And I want to double down on that today, especially in reference to the idea of rest. Everybody shout, rest. Rest. Come on, just show our hands. How many of you could like use just a few more hours of rest? <laughs> right? You may have got up this morning and you're like, oh, I could just sleep just a little bit longer. Uh, I'm going to pop that bubble though, because we're going to define rest a little bit differently than what many of us think it is. But Matthew chapter 11, verses 25 through 30, Jesus highlights this issue and he says this. At that same time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the intelligent and revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, because this was your good pleasure. Verse 27, all things have been entrusted to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except through the Father and no one knows the Father except the Son and anyone to whom the Son desires to reveal him. Verse 28. It says, come to me. we shall come. come? Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you what? Rest. rest. We love that word, rest. Rest. You gotta say rest, restfully. Rest. <laughs> I don't know if that's restfully. It's just kind of weird, but um, all the same. And I will give you rest. And then he says this, which makes no sense if you're looking at the scripture. He says, I will give you rest, then take up my yoke and learn from me because I am lowly and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Wait a second, Jesus. You just said, if I come to you, give me rest. How in the monkey can you then tell me to take something up? Especially a yoke, and we're not talking egg yolks. okay? That was last week's message. That was last week, (laughs) Take up my yoke and my burden, which makes no sense in many ways because we, we see this juxtaposition starting to take place. And that's what Jesus was actually trying to do. He was using these two opposing thoughts to help us kind of understand what rest truly is. So we're going to talk about that this morning. So as we continue on in our series, Blend, I want to speak to you from the subject, Let It Rest. Let It Rest. As we look at how rest is experienced in the blending of our lives. Will you pray with me just one more time today? Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it's alive and it's active, that it's powerful. It has the ability to transform us from the inside out. And so God, I pray this morning that you would speak to us, that you would teach us, um, that we would just experience your presence and your grace in this moment, that we would leave here better than we came in. Even if leaving here means we've been challenged, we've been poked, we've been prodded, some stuff has to shift and move. God, we receive it right now. We allow you to do open work in our lives in our hearts and in our minds in this moment. So teach us, strengthen us, stretch us, challenge us, uh, challenge us right now. In Jesus' mighty name, come on and everybody shouted. Amen. Amen. So we've established over the, few, uh, over the past few weeks that at least everybody that comes to this church loves to bake and or cook, okay? Uh, bake and or cook. And we know that recipes go along with, uh, with different things and we've been on recipe kicks uh, uh, lately. My wife made a homemade mac and cheese last night. Um, out of the Chip and Joanna Gaines cookbook, and guys, I'm like 50 pounds heavier. It's ridiculous. There was so much cheese in that thing. It was unbelievable. And uh, have you ever eaten something that you thought, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to arrest right now. <laughs> like, my heart's going to stop after eating that. Um, that was the macaroni and cheese last night. So I was concerned I wouldn't be here this morning, but <laughs> praise the Lord for cheese. And so... <laughs> So our home loves, 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 loves recipes, and especially, obviously, during the holiday season. And I remember recipe after recipe after recipe that I would read in these cookbooks, um, whether it was for baking something, or some sort of bread product, or meat product. I love meat products. I'm, like, I'm the curator of meat products in my home. Like, if it's a recipe and it involves meat, it's me. I'm going to do it. I'm going to smoke it. I'm going to, uh, like, sm- on oh, my Traeger. That was weird for a second. Um... <coughs> Yeah, you know. <laughs> smoke meat that's weird um so i'm gonna i'm gonna do what I can. i'm gonna grill it i'm gonna deep fry it whatever i can do to it and uh so recipe after recipe after recipe after recipe you would get to this moment especially with this roast that i made christmas uh christmas day i made this roast and as i'm reading through the instructions on this roast it says something after all the cooking after all the stuff that you're doing to it it says this let it rest have you read that before Maybe you're baking uh, maybe a loaf of bread or biscuits or whatever, and it'll tell you, let it what? Rest. Let it rest. Let it rest. Almost every recipe that I would read when I was cooking or baking something would say, let it rest. Give it some time to chill out. And that struck me as I, as I read that, because here's the reality. For many of us, the pursuit of rest is probably one of the most uh, discussed as it pertains to our lives. We all want more rest. So many people that I talk to, out of all the issues and out of all the problems that we face in life, all the things that we're stressing over and have anxiety over and that we're trying to see produced in our lives, uh, the biggest one that I hear so many people say is that I need more rest. I need more rest. There's so much going on in my life. I'm busy. Come on, how many of you have said that this week? How's things going? Busy. I just need more rest. It's, it's, so then we try to make it better. So we go, well, it's actually, it's not busy. It's full. And I do that. That's my, <laughs> that's my statement. But if you ask person after person after person, this idea of, of rest is so important to us. So I started to study a little bit on this whole idea of allowing bread or meat to rest after it's been cooked or you're preparing it. And it's interesting because many of us don't see it, especially me who I like to see tactile things happening. Like when I'm grilling a grilling a, a steak or putting meat on my, on my smoker, I can see the work happening, can't you? You can see that it's cooking. You can see things that are happening. What I don't understand is when they tell me just to allow the meat to sit on the cutting board and rest. Many of us can't see that there's actual work being done, come on somebody, in the process of resting. And that's where a lot of us get confused because the rest that Jesus is talking about here is not rest where we stop and do nothing. Nothing. It's actually not bodily rest that he's talking about. He's not saying, come to me and you're going to get more sleep. That's not what he's addressing. He's addressing a topic that's much deeper and much more profound for our lives. That's the rest. And then he says it at the end, he says, you will find rest for your what? Souls. So he's not talking about bodily rest. He's not talking about getting instead of eight hours of sleep, ten hours of sleep, which would be awesome. But he's not talking about that. He's talking about when we learn how to blend life appropriately, when we stop searching for balance in all of these things, when we blend life appropriately, we can actually find rest. And the blending of our life is receiving the rest that we receive from Jesus. Is anybody with me this morning? We say things like, I just need a break. So then we come up with phrases. I read this this week. uh, Work-life balance. (laughs) You ever heard of that before? Companies search after work-life balance. They have people who are devoted. Like their entire job is to help you find work-life balance. But it doesn't exist. And we come up with these phrases to at least pander to the idea that there's hope for this issue affecting all of us, lack of rest. We plan our vacations that are no longer really vacations as much as as they are escapes in the hope that we will find rest. We retreat in the hope that we will find solace and peace only to find that the cares that we are trying to retreat from uh, were carried with us in our suitcase as we open it up. And there they are again. Can I just get some rest? Can I just get a break? But the truth is, is that rest, true, authentic peace-saturated and grace-based rest is not found in a retreat or a vacation or in the isolation of a dark, quiet room with no activity. Uh Ah, rest, the rest that we are in search of is found in and through Jesus found in Jesus the commentary on Matthew put it like this the rest Jesus offers his disciples enables them to overcome a certain measure of fear anxiety uncertainty and meaninglessness in the joy and peace of God's very presence in Jesus Christ in other words the rest that we're we're looking for is not rest where I finally get to lay down and go oh because have you ever laid down to get rest and this stupid thing in here keeps on going How many of you know what I'm talking about? How many of you have gone to bed two hours earlier because you know that's the space that you need in order to get this thing to shut down? What are we looking for? We're looking for rest. We get in our beds, we lay our heads on our cold pillows. How many of you would flip the pillow to find the colder side? Come on, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, we look for that rest. And for many of us, we don't find that rest because it's not About getting a few hours of sleep. We wake up in the morning, we pick up the the same cares, the same anxiety, the same fear, the same cares from the day before. How many of you found that there's compound interest to cares? (laughs) Every single day they stack more and more. Some of you are asking right now, is there like good news in this message this morning? (laughs) We'll get there, we'll get there. So the problem with rest is that our formula or our recipe is off. So Jesus offers us a new recipe for rest in order to help us understand that rest is, is found in, in not trying to balance things. It's not, rest is not found in trying to balance work and rest, family and rest, hobbies and, and rest. Rest is something entirely different. So let's take a look at four things that Jesus tells us about rest. And it's all contained right here in Matthew where we just read. The first one is this. Need your help this morning? Come over. Shout number one. First thing Jesus tells us is this, is that rest is the product of intentional action. What? How is rest the product of work? And not work like you know it, it's it's action. Rest is actually the product of intentional action. Where does he say that? Verse 28, he says, come to me. He says, come to me. I've come to realize that most of the ways that we seek to find rest is not in the act of approach, but rather in the act of retreat. Jesus doesn't ask us to retreat, but rather he asks us to advance towards him. See, many of us are trying to run from things in order to find rest. Jesus flips it on his head. He says, no, 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 you need to come to me. It's not about retreating. It's not about running away. It's not about another vacation because you're still going to have the cares. You're still going to have the issues. You're still going to have the problems. I'm not asking you to retreat. I'm asking you to advance advance to me come to me be in my presence so we try to we try to run rest it's an intentional action to find rest which is counter to how much of us think about rest it's counter to how many of us live our lives we believe that rest is the product of nothing no action doing nothing Jesus is saying that if you desire to find rest, there's going to be action on our part. That action is we have to move toward him. Move toward him. I remember we went on a vacation last summer, and uh, we were so looking forward to this vacation. Things had been pretty crazy for life, and we finally got a chance to uh, not have our phones. Uh, We were out of the country, and so therefore our phones weren't going to really work. It was just there for emergencies and everything like that. And I remember laying by the pool... And thinking to myself, <clears throat> oh, this is going to be it. How many of you do that? You look at the sun, your skin's warm, there's palm trees, and, then, and then you're like, oh, yeah, this is going to be it. This is, this is what I was waiting for. This is what I was waiting for. And I was, I was waiting for my heart to stop beating as fast as it always beats. If you haven't, and you can't tell, I'm a pretty wired person. And so... I was waiting, okay, is the wiring going to go down? Like, am I going to calm down? Is Jason going to go from 10 to 5, at least that, maybe 7? But I was waiting for all, and, and how many of you are like me? I was sitting there in the palm trees and the sun, and it was beautiful and everything like that. And I had my book next to me, and I'm going to read and everything like that. And all of a sudden, I realized nothing is happening. <laughs> you ever been there before? Like you're expecting this external thing to like all of a sudden be there, and you're like, "Oh, fine," it. and it's ha, ah, n- nothing. What's happening? And I was like, "Well, maybe I just need to put on more suntan lotion and hop in the water for a little bit, and swim around." And meet people that I don't understand what they're saying, right? And then and then get back out. And I did this. This was my this was my thought process on my vacation. So I hopped in the pool and I swam around and I was doing the thing that you do on vacations and my kids were playing on the water slide. And I came back and I got out and I was kinda it was a cool breeze that was over me because I was wet and then I hopped and I was like, oh this is definitely gonna calm me down, and then I realized, no, I'm not calm. I'm more wired than I was before. Why? Because I'm getting more and more frustrated that the rest that I was desiring was not happening in my lack of nothing. But rest is not found in nothing. The rest that we're looking for for our souls, for our anxiety, for our fear, for the cares that we're carrying, rest is found in Jesus. (laughs) Why? Because in Jesus, there is removal. He says, come, we're gonna talk about that in a minute. He says, approach me, come towards me. It's, it's intentional. Listen to Philippians chapter four, verse six through seven. Do not worry about anything. That's for somebody this morning. You came in here with a bunch of worries. Don't worry about anything. But in everything, through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And this is what happens when you, when you go towards God, when you make an, an active pursuit of him, make your uh, request these things to God. And what happens? And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, all the things that try, you're trying to add up, all the things that you're trying to figure out, trying to get, how do I get my kids to do this? How do I earn a little bit more money here? I don't know what's going on with my health. All the things that I do not understand, my marriage isn't clicking the way that I want it to, the peace of God, which surpasses all my understanding, what will it do? It will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. I have to come To him. See, the rest that we seek and desire is found in pursuit. Listen to Jeremiah 6.16. This is what the Lord says. I love this. Stand by the roadways and look. And look, ask about the ancient paths, which is the way to what is good. Then take it and find rest for yourselves. See, the interesting thing is, is that we're trying to find rest walking down paths that Jesus didn't pave. We are trying to find rest walking down paths that Jesus didn't pave. Jesus said, here, here's the path. I've, I've set it out before you. And we're like, oh, that looks great, Jesus. But no. I want my path. You ever done that before? <laughs> I want the path less traveled. Somehow that's poetic and noble, right? Right? I want to do it my way. I want, to, I want to get through these bushes and, and hack away at it myself. Have you ever realized when you start doing that, you get some nicks and some bruises and stuff and it's a whole lot more tiring? See, but the path that he lays out before me, oh, come on, somebody. The path that he lays out before me, it's a path that's been cleared. So that is how when I come to Jesus, when I follow his paths, when I work with him, I find rest for my souls. I find rest for my soul. Why? Because I am walking down the path that he's already Paved, and I understand it, I'm rebellious, I'm rebellious in nature, come on, do I got any rebels in the house today? Okay, a few of you, that's why you'll raise your hand, um, <laughs> I'm a rebel, <laughs> I got to my good friend Trevor over here, he took me, he taught me how to fish on a, uh, with my fly rod on a lake, which at first, I gotta be honest, when he said, let's go fly fishing out of a tube in the middle of a gigantic reservoir, I was like, nah, that's stupid, that didn't make, no, nope, uh-uh. I like the river, I don't know how you're, this did not even equate with me. So we got, on the, we got on the lake, and he's trying to teach me how to do this, right? And he's showing me, because he's done it before. How many of you ever ignored somebody who's done something before? They're trying to teach you, but you're like, nope, uh-uh. I'm going to do it my way. Even though I know your way is right, I'm still going to do it my way. And so after about seven minutes or so of Trev trying to teach me this, he just was like, yeah, you're, you're useless. I'm going to walk away and do my own thing. So... He's catching fish, and I'm catching a cold, (laughs) and I'm like, what is going on? What, What was the deal? Well, I was expending so much energy trying to do what he had already figured out how to do. And Jesus is like, listen, stop wasting so much energy. You are so frustrated, and you got so much friction happening. If you would just walk the path that I have for you, if you would just trust me, if you would just come to me, this journey called life, this recipe called life would be a lot different. But as it is, you're sitting in the middle of a reservoir, kicking and screaming, trying to figure this out, doing nothing, because i got to do it my way. I gotta pursue him. I gotta come to him. Jesus said that if we should find rest, it will be found in actively pursuing and seeking him. So the first one is this, is that rest is an intentional action. Come on, is there an amen in the church this morning? Come on, Shot number two. Yes. Second one is this, I love this one. Rest is an exchange. Rest is an exchange. So what does he say? He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And he says, take up my yoke. Jesus asks us to take his yoke. And the only way to take his yoke is to exchange ours. You see, rest is an exchange. We we exchange our cares for his peace. We exchange our sadness for his joy. We exchange the weight of our sin for the freedom of His grace. We exchange our shame and guilt for adoption and identity. We exchange our weariness for His rest. It is a great exchange. It's a great exchange. So I take what I have, what I'm carrying, and I bring it to, to Him. I love going to the store with my kids at times because. Um, they love to do the store thing with us, with their dad. And so I remember one particular day, Justice, when he was a little bit younger, I was in the store with him and he asked me, he's like, Dad, I was like, hey, I wanna put you in the cart so that we can do this thing with like some speed because I'm busy and I don't have rest right now. So let's get in. <laughs> so I was like, get in the cart. He's like, no, Dad, I don't, I don't wanna get in the cart. And I was like, well, how come? He's like, I just, I wanna walk with you. I was like, all right, keep up because that's how you train a son. So, um, <laughs> So he's keeping up with me, and I'm putting stuff in the cart. And then he says this to me. He says, Dad, can I carry that? And I was like, okay. And it was actually a weekend that Erica asked me to pick. It was a holiday season. She asked me to pick up a thing of flour. And I was like, can you carry that? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, all right, game on. Here we go. So I handed him the thing of flour. And he's carrying this thing of flour. And how many of you know, kids, when they're trying to build their confidence, they do the same exact stupid thing that we do as adults, right? We posture. So he's holding this thing like he's got it all together. And he's starting to slow down just after a few minutes. Why? Because he's carrying a big old thing of flour. And so I'm starting to go a little bit faster because I just want to push the envelope a little bit with him. teaching what he's really gotten into. So he's carrying this thing and, he, and, he's, and, he's, watch, and he's watching this and he's watching this thing start to drop <laughs> a little bit more. And now he's like, and then all of a sudden, I'm at the end of the aisle and he's standing still in the middle of the aisle holding the flower and he's looking up at me like, what have I done? <laughs> and he's now holding this thing like, like this and he's like trying to do this. And I was like, son, son. He's like, dad, and you could tell he was fighting with it because he's like, I don't want to ask dad to take this flower from me. I'm a man <laughs> with a plan. Come on, dudes, how many of you know what I'm talking about, right? And he doesn't want to ask, and so and then I just stood there at the end of the aisle with the cart <laughs> like this, Sean, <laughs> him, there's an easier way to do this, dude. There's a way easier to do this, and he's looking at me, he's looking at the flower, and this is literally what we're, we're watching, he's... Have you ever done this before? Come on, think about your life for a second. We all do this. We're like, uh-uh. Looking around and some people are like just free birds, right? <laughs> and he looks up and he's like, dad, take the flower. And I was like, I was like, all right, I'll, I'll take the flower. You sure you want to take the flower? And then, and then I was like, all right. So I walked back over to him and I grabbed the flower and I put it into the cart. And he's like, what can I hold? And then I wanted to teach him a lesson. I said, I don't want you to hold anything. I just want you to walk with me. It's a great exchange. It's a great exchange. Because so many of us in the name of religion have stepped up to Jesus and been like, I'm carrying this, but I can't carry this. I know I can't carry this, but I want to give you this. And then we give it to Jesus and then we say, what can I carry? He says nothing and we lose our minds. He's like, nothing, just, I just want to walk with you. I just, want to wa- I just want to walk with you, why? Because in walking with him, I'm going to receive rest. There's still activity, there's still work involved in, in trusting and following him because I'm paying attention, I'm engaging, but he's saying, I don't need you to carry anything. It's a great extent. So some of us are in church right now this morning, and I've, I've been carrying shame for a really long time. I've been carrying guilt for a really long, long time. I've been carrying anger for a really, really long time. I've been carrying bitterness and unforgiveness for a really long time. I've been carrying all this stuff for a really long time. I've been carrying the issues of my past for a really long time. And this Sunday morning, just a normal Sunday in January, God is saying, come on, can we make a great exchange? Can I take from you so that you don't have to carry this anymore? It's a great exchange. Got to be carried by him. Rest is not found in balance. You ever done that before? So then we try to one hand the bag of flour and pick up all these other duties to hopefully try to balance it. Then you get more tired. Like, well, I'm not going to give Jesus my shame. So what I'll do I'll give them as much activity as possible. I'll do everything I possibly can in the name of religion. I'll be at every service and I'll do all the things. You can see those people because what do they do? They come into church and they get excited about Jesus and then all of a sudden their life ramps up in this whole other series of crazy just in this faith-based side. What's happening? They're trying to balance all of it out. Jesus is saying, No, just drop it all. And you're like, How can you say that as a pastor? Like, that means people might not come to church. Yeah, I get that. Because the goal is not to try to get you to go to church, <laughs> the goal is to try to get you to love Jesus. That's the goal. And some of you who have been raised in church you are like, I cannot believe this pastor is saying that right now. But here's what I've come to notice. <laughs> when I fall in love with Jesus, I just want to be where he's at. <laughs> so then I show up to church, and I show up to the living room, and I show up to this place and that place. It's, the goal is not to get you doing more. The goal is to say, drop the flower bag, receive his grace, walk with him. And as you walk with him, we grow. As we walk with him, things change. As we walk with him, the goal is not to put another flower bag in your hand because that's what we've done with religion, haven't we? We said, let's exchange one flower bag for another flower bag. Right? You have the one with the little gold medal on it. I'm just going to give you a Kroger bag now. I don't even know what that means. Number three, every shot number three. Rest is a process. Oh. So he says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, I will give you rest. And he says, take my yoke. And then watch what he says. He says, Learn. Oh, learn from me. This process is called, big Bible word this morning, sanctification. 2 Corinthians 3, 17 and 18, now the Lord is the Spirit. I love this. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Freedom. And we all with unveiled faces are looking as in a mirror at the glory of the Lord and are being what? Transformed into the same image from glory to glory. This is from the Lord, not from you, not from your ability. This is from the Lord, who is the Spirit. The book, Great Doctrines of the Bible, puts it like this in order to help us understand sanctification in reference to the work of Jesus in our lives. And I quote, if regeneration has to do with our nature, big Bible words, justification with our standing and adoption with our position, then sanctification has to do with our character and conduct. In justification, we're declared righteous in order that in sanctification, we may become righteous. Justification is what God does for us. Oh, I love this. While sanctification is what God does in us. Justification puts us into a right relationship with God, while sanctification exhibits the fruit of that relationship. The fruit. So what's the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Man, you could dance to that, right? What's he saying? Learn, oh, learn from me. How many of us could learn a little bit more about love? A little more about joy, a little more about peace, a little bit more about hope. Learn from me. As a kid, I got grounded a lot. (laughs) I know, no surprise. (laughs) A lot. Like half of our dating life was me grounded ask her she would be like can we hang out nope grounded how long this time three months and that was a truthful time frame three months as I look back on my life I actually liked being grounded and here's why I loved dating her I didn't like being grounded from her just to clarify here's why I liked being grounded Maybe if you were grounded like I was as a kid, you'd understand this. The first three days of being grounded, I hated it. I hated my parents for it. So mad! How can you ground me? The atrocity and the injustice that has just come upon my life. Right? By day four, how many of you know that all of a sudden your disposition changes? See, I got grounded because I was doing stupid things. I was doing things I shouldn't have been doing. I was wrapped up with the wrong people and the grounding was necessary. It wasn't because my mom was super strict. It was because I was super dumb. (laughs) I was doing things I shouldn't have been doing at my age, so she would ground me. And and what I started to realize is that in my grounding, my character would change. And it was interesting, because the first couple days, I hated it. I didn't like it. I didn't want it. By day four and day five, day six, all of a sudden, the boundaries that my mom had placed up by way of grounding, were starting to change me. I noticed something as I was thinking about some of the periods of length that I would spend grounded a month in. I would start to realize that I enjoyed the boundaries. Why? Because I felt safer in the arms of being grounded than I did left to my own devices outside of those walls. Are you guys tracking with me? Sanctification is the process where I learn from Jesus. So when we open up this Bible and we look at the things that he says to us, sometimes when we've been living lives in our own way and then we step into the freedom of his grace and then all of a sudden we read certain things that he has for us, what is he doing? He's not grounding us, he's teaching us. He's saying, listen, here's some parameters that I'm putting up for you because here's the problem. A lot of the lack of rest that we're feeling is because we're making decisions day in, day out that have a tendency to throw the weight of sin, the weight of shame, the weight of guilt on our lives. You're not resting because you're carrying fear and anxiety, bitterness, shame. Am I talking to anybody in here today? Because if you're like me, I can look in the mirror sometimes and I can still see shame. Remember that, Jason? Jason? Remember when you did that to that person? Remember when you said that thing to Erica? Remember when you treated your kids this way? Shame, shame, shame. But I've noticed the process of sanctification is when I come to him, I exchange that, and then he says, walk with me. And what does God do when we walk with him? He teaches us. He says, learn from me. Take my yoke upon you, my burden, because it's light, learn from me. Have you ever been around somebody you just wanted to learn from? So he says, learn from me. It's the same with Christ. He's not trying to take freedom from us. He's giving us the greatest freedom that we will ever experience. And he does this through guiding us. Guiding us. He wants to guide you. He wants to walk with you. So we don't just come to Christ and all of a sudden he goes, okay, bye. No, he walks with us. Talks with us. His presence is with us. And number four, the last one is this. Have a shout number four. Rest is found in a person. I've come to realize something every weekend I teach around here. Point number, the last point, for whatever reason, it's the same point. (laughs) It's Jesus. I can't get creative with that, guys. Watch what he says. Take my yoke and learn from me because I am. Mm. I am. Lowly and humble in heart. What's he saying? You want the rest that you're looking for? It's in a person. It's in him. I am. Am and you will find rest for your souls. Hebrews chapter four, verses one through three, therefore, since the promise to enter his rest remains, let us beware that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. For we also have received the good news just as they did, but the message they heard did not benefit them since they were not united with those who heard it in faith. For we who have believed enter rest. It's in a person. It's in Jesus. It's always been in Jesus. Just you know rest is not found in these four walls? Some of you are like, I know, I've been a part of this service, there's no rest in this service whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> rest is not in the four walls of this church. Rest is not found in another activity of your faith. Rest is found in Jesus and putting him first and foremost in our lives and saying, you are the center of it all. And when I give Jesus my life, when I exchange some things and I trust him and I put my faith in him and I follow him, even when I have my doubts and even when I have my insecurities and even when life isn't going the way that I want it to, come on somebody, (laughs) I still have my faith in Jesus. And what do I find? I find rest for my soul and that's when I lay my head down at night and I'm out cause I found rest and the cares aren't being carried by me. They're being carried by him and the anxiety and the fear is not a weight on my chest, but it's a release into his hands. and it's in that place that I find everything that I need in Jesus amen amen come on let's stand up